So welcome to the Red Review podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Doing good. I'm doing good. It's um, end of end of the summer in the UK, but the the weather's back great again. Had a nice long bank holiday weekend. So for anyone in the States, we had a, we had a holiday this weekend. So we had extra day off, off work. And uh, yeah, feeling good. How about you? Same. Yeah, needed. But I took a couple of days off at the end of last week. So I've had a longer weekend. Our, our only real holiday this year, really, although it was holidays at home a bit. But we had a few nice days out. Some good long walks with the dog. Got the old step count up. It's really good. I do feel a bit better for it. I was feeling p- particularly jaded uh, early last week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a long slog uh, since March. So it's quite nice to have a, a bit of time to ourselves. Yeah, very Back into it now. Back into it now. Are you? Are you busy? Well, we, so we're recording on Tuesday, the 1st of September, aren't we? So I've had the morning off this morning, but then back in this afternoon, uh, on a bunch of calls and things with a client, which has been quite quite interesting because it is challenging because a lot of businesses, uh, I don't know what it's like at Mace, but a lot of businesses have, let's say, motivated their staff to take time off during August, during this period. Yeah. Um, so when things start to spin up in September, they're, they're fighting fit. Uh, but of course, the government uh, don't give a toss about such thing and have, have punted out. You know, there's a series of tenders that have already started or SQs landing so it's a bit awkward because my client's got people off this week and people off next week and you need, there's no overlap and you could do with them talking in the middle. It's that usual bidding stuff, but it seems to be quite a real challenge this this couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for anyone who's doing live deals at the moment, it has been an absolute nightmare. You know, And particularly when you've, if you've got a couple of people off and their holidays aren't at the same time as well, you can lose kind of like, and one big pursuit, I've kind of lost four weeks, essentially, where a senior person needs to do something has been off. So it's just everything has slowed down. So bids bids in August are particularly crap. And this August where, yeah, you're right, a lot of our industry, at least, I don't know what it's like other industries, um, let us know in the, in the comments or on Twitter, where you've essentially had to take half your holiday before the end of August. Um, and in the UK, we have a plethora of holidays so you've had to take maybe two or three weeks off and you've kind of been saving it up because lockdown and then maybe you might get away and then obviously we've had quarantine in Spain and France and no one's been able to get away then all of a sudden everyone's just been kind of sitting at home but taking holiday and not contactable which has just been a real challenge for for live deals so um, it's nice to get people back into the office in September uh, or back into the swing of things in September but even I'm still finding now it's going to take a few days probably for for the machine to get back going again to get people they're going to, have to get through their million emails they've had while they've been away of which 999 probably could have been dealt with without the need for an email so yeah challenging but we'll get there looking forward you're, to a busy September and you're back in the office a couple of days a week now you're saying yeah what's that I quite like it so um trying to avoid peak time travel so either I'm going in like early kind of leaving the house six half six so I get into the office for about seven or tomorrow like um, tomorrow I've got calls first thing and then I've just blocked out an hour of my diary and I'll go into the office at 10 and it takes me what half an hour 40 minutes to get into central London including like you know walk to the station wait for the train 
get a coffee when I get into London. So yeah, looking forward to actually, and it's quite nice. People are starting to come back to the office. And one thing people have really missed is going out for a drink. Mm. So my social calendar is particularly busy at the moment. So I'm going out tomorrow night. I'm going out Thursday night. Uh, next week, I'm going out a couple of times. And just, we'll just go to like a pub and sit somewhere open and have, have a small sherry or something. But um, yeah, no, it's nice, actually. Um, London public transport is still really quiet. And like, I guess if you if you didn't live in London and you're on it, you might think, oh, actually, this is quite busy. But like the fact that I can stand on the DLR and I could put my hands out straight and spin around and I wouldn't touch someone is it's almost it's in normal times it's not even like that at the weekends so it is quite quite crazy but yeah I'm enjoying going back to the office get a bit of normality but I couldn't I don't think I will go back to do five days a week in the office and maybe that's an episode for another time and I think I think we've talked about in the new format having kind of these panel sessions and I think we should have one with some heads of bids on working practices because I think that'd be really interesting to see how many people feel like they need to be in the office every day because some people find them more productive some people I think most will end up being 50-50 or 75-25 that doesn't yeah. quite work with five days a week does it 80-20 or 60-40 yeah I think you're probably right it's going to be interesting well, now the government are trying to, or, or were, said they were going to try to motivate people to come back to the office and then change their mind and then might have changed their mind again who knows by the time this goes out <laughs> You might be forced to go in or you get taxed 100 percent or something mad who knows um but uh yeah the, the old flip-flop but um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the behaviors of, of business are like in terms of moting, mo trying to motivate people to go back uh i've had a bit of a discussion on linkedin today with a fairly senior dude in a london borough uh an outer london borough who's quite clearly every day making a post about do people really need to go back and work in central London? He's clearly trying to, you know, big up the office schemes he's got, try and get a WeWork to come and be near his uh, train station in his outer London borough. Or yeah, fair play to him. And they are very thoughtful, very well written posts. Um, you know, and I did I did comment that I've been doing some work as a non-exec for a couple of my clients, talking to heads of corporate real estate in large employers. And they all had a plan to cut their central city, you know, big city, London, Manchester, Birmingham office real estate in half already. They just needed the sort of say so from their staff. Um, they've probably got that now. So it'll be, I think the government might be on the wrong page. But anyway, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, interesting space. Cool. So what are we chatting about today? It's it's news episode in our new format. Yeah. First episode of the month. Uh we're talking about the news yeah news roundup for august so uh, four or five things that have happened or been released during august is uh, the subject for today yeah shall we shall we get into it yeah let's go for it so jeremy on the red review today we are talking about five articles or five things that caught our eye in august and there's no um, real <laughs> real logic to this. We've tried to do some interesting things we've seen in the industry um, that either that are interesting tr interesting trends or news stories that we could chat around. And we've said we're going to try and talk about each one for no more than five minutes in our 
plan now to reduce the time that we uh, you, we take up everyone's time on the on the road review. So what's what's uh, what's story number one? Uh, free CV writing for job seekers. Oh yes, yeah. so this was a trend, wasn't it? So um, we were chatting, and and it's been great how the industry has kind of come together around people who've been furloughed or even lost their job. But particularly uh, a friend of ours, a friend of the show, Moza, um, Alison, um, Moza Bid Writing. Moza Bid, no, but... It's Moza something. You'll be in a good... We know her as Moza. She's an amazing bid person, let's just put that way. I hope she doesn't Uh, up her bike now when she's listening to this. (laughs) So sorry, Alison. We've said the word Moza enough, and there aren't many companies that are called Moza. Anyway, I saw her posting about it, and then actually, in, in kind of liking that post, I saw quite a few other people offering it, and actually a friend of mine is now even offering that as a service. He's a, he's an ex kind of exec headhunter, and just as kind of like a he'll he'll jazz up your CV fifty quid or tell you what to change on it. Um, interesting to see kind of people people um, offering that. So here's the question I wanted to ask: Do you think that's actually a good thing? Shouldn't bid people be good at writing their own CVs? Well, yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? But um, I think it's like the difference between driving a car and driving a truck. Um, so there are CVs, obviously CVs are a core part of most bids anywhere in the world. And we all spend lots of time pouring over them because people buy people and all that stuff we talk about. But submitting a CV for a job is a different sport. It's just, it's a different discipline, I think. And so in, in that um job hunting webinar thing that I did as a freebie uh, a couple of months ago I had a lady called Liz Pocknell who actually wrote my CV or rewrote my CV for me 15 years ago I should think Uh, and she's friends with Martin Smith and when I spoke to Martin about putting this webinar on he said oh you must get Liz on oh yeah connect the dots and remembered that she'd she'd looked after me years ago for I I think it was more than 50 quid I think it was 100 odd quid um and I did get the job, by the way, so it, was, it, it, it sort of worked. But it was really that webinar with her was quite interesting. Some of her tips, she, she was a little bit off the wall and not particularly PC in a couple of places. So I had to cut some of it out. But <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because there is that she got onto the subject of um, unconscious bias and all of that kind of stuff, you know, not putting your age on the CV and uh all that kind of thing and it, she went a bit deep and dark as well fucking hell um, <laughs> so um yeah so i went a little bit too far in some ways but it was quite interesting that discussion about what should go into a good cv to go and get a job um and i think it, it, it is a different sport to it's obviously adjacent but it's a different sport to getting people a job as part of a project or yeah. in a in a commission um, because you know what it's like when you're when you've run big teams and when I've run big teams, we've all got as as wonderful a line managers as as well you might be. I was distinctly average. Um, you've got like fifteen percent staff turnover, probably maybe twenty in a in a bid function. And so you know if you've got twenty people, that's a fair amount of churn each year. So you're you're basically if you've got a bid team of twenty or more, you're constantly recruiting. Uh, dealing with recruitment consultants is great. It's great to see. <laughs> so the people on the podcast won't see this, but if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, you'll see that Dash, my dog, has decided to ball up. Doesn't like the cover, so he just balled it up behind us and uh, is now lying on the bed, which he's not allowed to do. Get back on the cover. 
Move. Move. There you go. On the cover. Good boy. <sighs> Sorry. I don't uh, even know how, that, how that's going to look now with me leaning around. Thank goodness you can't see the bottom half of me. Um, <laughs> it's all part of the experience. Why not? Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a different sport anyway, I think. Um, and I yeah, will... I think it's a good thing. And I think, I think actually the sentiment behind it of organisations who, a lot of which, you know, like someone like Moser or, or my friend Chris is doing it or others who could earn better money doing other things or earn money doing other things you're doing for free, offering it as part of being part of the community as just yeah. something that makes the industry better. And actually you hope that by doing that, we get, we've talked about it before, we, ret we retain the great people um, and at least we help the, the rubbish people be a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one so on that, uh, story, <laughs> number, story number two. Uh, and we couldn't do our first news roundup with talking without talking about Jeremy a little bit. So our story number two is Patry. So Josh, who was on the podcast a couple of months ago, uh, have announced a new board of advisors. And Mr. Brim is one of an, an elite group. Um, interesting. So Patry, Patry going after it in the in the government sales market. Yeah, so I, I really like Josh. So we, we, we made friends after we recorded that episode, actually, because we're sort of kindred spirits on a few things. And maybe we're a little bit outsiders uh, in some ways in, in different markets because we're both looking to disrupt and do things differently. So and he, he's a really bright bloke. Um, and he's what, what I hadn't quite realised. I knew he was well connected, uh, but until when he did that post um, a few days ago about this board of advisors, the, the, the response to that post has been huge, like hundreds of likes <clears throat> on LinkedIn, which you very rarely see. Like my most likes on a post ever, are just over a hundred, I think, on one when we were at the APMP conference uh, and I had my big toolkit t-shirt and I made some joke about it, which really pisses me off because of course that was just a fun glib statement that didn't actually sell anything or position any thought leadership. But anyway, um, never goes to plan, does it? Uh, all the best laid plans and all that. Um, so yeah, he's really, really very well connected and it is, it's a great little tool that makes quite a big difference because bid, you know, fundamentally the uh, bid score is all about, um, that bid no bid piece, that bid investment decision. Um, and that's the first place, the first thing you go and fix. If you go into a business as a consultant and you've been asked to fix their win rate and all the rest of it, um, the first thing you look at is, are they being selective? And it's quite clever in, in how it creates evidence for you of how those scores have unfolded across your business and all that good stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting business, an interesting maturity point it's, he's, he's collected this group of people together at the right point of maturity in his business, I think. Um, what, what does being a board of advisor person mean then? He, he mentioned it to me that it's just a bit of time with him on a Teams call every every month or two or every three months, depending on the rhythm of, of what we're getting up to. So I'm, I'm not sure whether the board of advisors will ever actually get together. I was going to say, because it's a great opportunity. It's a real interesting people from outside of our market particularly international yeah. Yeah. um of of people that that 
you probably wouldn't get to necessarily meet day by day. They probably aren't in the kind of bidding communities like APMP to, to as great an extent, or at least don't appear to be in those communities as great an extent. So yeah, really positive. So um, well done, mate. Well done. Yeah, no, it's nice. Very nice of him to ask me. And uh, yeah, some really esteemed, interesting people to be in amongst it with, but and at a really interesting time. So it's it's a joy to uh, be be part of such things. And like I said, there's there's a business benefit for me, I guess, if I was being mercenary in getting to hang out with those people when I do and and you know learn some things. Um, Can I say, don't you? That you know the circle of people you hang around with is is going always going to be really important for how you then personally develop and I guess for you as a business owner how your business develops so exposure to those big brands that particularly are in like the US market which is just going to be massive compared to the UK market that you and I work in is is got to be a good thing so uh, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how Patrick goes because they could have announced some big partnerships and they've announced his board of advisors uh, and I guess it's, it's a bit like now that now he's got to live up to the live up to the hype and deliver something that that is um, genuinely going to game change so interesting interesting one to watch i think but i think if anyone could do it josh can do it and if you haven't listened to the episode yet we'll put it in the show notes and now with our youtube it'll be in the youtube link if i remember i better write that down uh cool um what's number three jez oh that's a good question oh no i've shut the thing. do you want me to tell you because i've got it yeah, please. sorry mate i pressed the button and it's it's done something carry on stop paying um Farmville or Candy Crush, what you're playing on your phone? Or... Oh, oh, it's the RFPIO thing. Yes, so um, RFPIO, which which I think are a really interesting um, bid tech platform, and I think I think uh, when I first saw the product, I thought they were quite, and, and I don't say this in a bad way because I'd love to do more stuff with them. They've not really engaged. Uh, at all we've kind of reached out with them, out to them but they're in a different market i can understand that i thought their platform maybe was a bit kind of run-of-the-mill you know there's a web-based front where you put your answers in it goes into a knowledge library has some automation behind it for filling out standard information it was going to be another one of those kind of type things but actually they're really interesting business that's doing big things in the states in particular uh and there was an article i've got on my screen now usa today um, survey of uh, top CEOs of diversity and inclusion and RFPIO were number uh, five in the kind of SME or small and medium-sized companies, top-rated CEOs for diversity, which I thought was a, a real achievement given everything that's going on right now. So um, good to see. And I think, I think it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see more startups and organizations that maybe don't come from they're kind of, I guess, the same pool of people in the pool of ideas to get some uh, different innovation and ideas in our sector. Yeah, well, there's an opportunity now, isn't there, with people working for I mean, obviously, there was uh, Lupio's Lupicon uh, last week or the week before, a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, uh, yeah. mid August, um, which was quite a good event. I tuned in for some of that because, helpfully, it was. Uh, I think it was Canadian time, so it was evenings for us, so I could fit it around work and whatnot. Um, and they're quite a young, interesting, you know, similar type of business, similar type of platform. I think they have different focus markets compared to RFPIO. But again, quite a diverse and, and interesting bunch of people, I, I think, from what from seeing that and engaging with them a bit on some other things business-wise. 
Um, but it was interesting talking to one of their people uh, in a networking thing. They've started hiring people abroad to them, so in the states, because people work from home. So their 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 potential talent pool is global for the the first time uh, in the maturity of their business, and that that provides all sorts of opportunities. It's going it's going to be quite interesting how that changes the game. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think as we see, you know, there's this potential kind of legislation coming in in the UK around, um, or maybe it's coming in about, around gender, sorry, about not just gender pay gap, but also kind of ethnicity pay gap and, and, and reporting. I think that will start to act as an indicator and a driver for people to really think about not just male, female, you know, gender differences, but also other measures or and other things in diversity and inclusion they need to be considering in their business and how they hire and how they recruit and how they retain because uh, I think we've talked about before about what makes a good bid person I don't mean there's, there's a one size fits all and actually the more diversity and different views and ways of work we can get in the industry the better our industry will be overall because you're never answering the same thing twice you've got some real process driven clients who need a really process driven compliance led kind of bid manager or proposal manager and then you've got clients who want you know we've all done it on private sector stuff i'm sure where you you know write write the bid on a fomex board and you send it to them with a clown and that's what that's exactly what they wanted to see they didn't want a document at all so right through to all the clever stuff that you were doing when you were in the construction industry with vr and augmented reality so I think the more ideas and diversity we can get in in the industry, the better. And I think hopefully it should as well help with stuff we talked about previously with attracting better talent and making it a better place to work. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully so. So the two white guys in <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> Being all British about it. Yeah. Being all British. Stiff up a little. I've I've always found the bidding industry to be quite diverse. I think more probably gender diverse than anything else, but quite gender diverse. Um, I guess because partly because of the talent pool, it traditionally felt um, fished in was uh, maybe industries that had more more women in, like marketing. And that's probably I probably find someone tweeting me now saying that's not true at all. And marketing's got a big gender problem. But generally, like some of the talent pools, you you kind of you you draw from our more gender balance than say the industries that you and I have worked in in construction where there is a big there is a big gender gap but it's it's a positive thing I think overall yeah I think so Just watching the clock tick down our rule of five minutes per topic so we're going to the next one so this is what I I shared with you and I don't I don't blame you if you don't fully haven't read all the stuff so um there's this organization called the good law project um which is a crowdfunded um project or legal projects in the uk which goes after cases that are in the public good that may be taking on industry or taking on government on on behalf of the public so where there might be a civil case that needs that can be investigated so a criminal case that can be investigated they'll take on civil cases and they are currently developing a civil case i think it's a civil case anyway um against the government for their spending on PPE during COVID-19. And as you and I have talked about it before on the podcast, I, I couldn't let this one go um, without without mentioning it. So uh, yeah, did you have a chance to read, read the stuff I sent over? Uh, no, but, 
but I was aware, I saw the headline and I I, I uh, I've got a bit of background on this anyway. Um, so I, I was staying fairly close to it uh, as a developing theme because uh, I, I think some people in government today or and or civil servants could could comfortably end up in prison. Yeah. Off the back of this. I think this is really fucking serious. Um, like nothing we've ever seen before. Uh, the numbers are absolutely mind-bending um, and how all unfolded and bearing in mind how pivotal it, it feels like a fuzzy memory in amongst all of the horrible stuff that's been happening in the last few months because this was quite you know, this was March as it was all kicking off um, but fundamentally you know talking to procurement friends of mine in the public sector who were caught up in this it was just mad absolutely mad we've absolutely caused many you know many of our own problems on this mm -hmm. and for you know in many ways political reasons let's face it brexit on the horizon and all that the government could have uh, taken advantage of all manner of schemes and partnered with the eu for it and they just didn't yeah. and they ran in the opposite direction so here's, here's some stats for you out of 15 billion pounds of ppe that they believe has been procured during COVID-19, they've only provided data on where 2.68 billion of that has been spent. So that's, I mean, that's billions, like not millions, billions, 12 billion pounds worth of PPE where at the moment the government has, hasn't said where it procured it from and how it procured it. Um, that as an example, there were 11 contracts for PPE that were procured through pest control specialist CRISP websites limited that haven't, and despite saying on the 17th of June that the full pub details are published of how that meets um, requirements in terms of transparency and process would be published on the 17th of June, it still hasn't been published. So, I mean, you have to be careful in these things, right? A, it's a criminal case, so we've got to be careful what we say, but um, there will be plausible cases as to why procurement officers has been told, you must go and buy this, and there will be completely rational reasons in the heat at the moment that things happened and and like the nightingale hospital is a great example of that the data categorically said we need these things the nhs operations category categorically said we need these things um and then we didn't and now there will be a public inquiry at some point and said why did we build you know two thousand beds when we needed 44 but because because the data did it and at that point everyone's so afraid of if you don't do something that you'll you'll get pulled into court because you didn't do something you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't yeah i mean you, you at that point of course we had italy who we thought were three two or three weeks ahead of us with doctors you know making choices about who they were going to treat and who they did who they couldn't yeah i had friends of mine in the in the health service who were having conversations about which of their colleagues you know how many of their colleagues are going to die in dealing with this thing and lots of people lots of doctors nurses etc did uh, and still will probably as we reach other waves and things so you'll totally get that but just on the ppe thing and the approach that the public sector as a whole but the government took that's there's got to be that that will make grenfell look like a fucking fun fair because this is lots and lots of people have died because we didn't get enough PPE in the right places at the right time. And then we've gone and spent, you know, 15 billion quid on 
25 quid's worth of PPE that turned up. Yeah. So the reason I, the reason I put it in here is because you can donate. So we'll put a link in the um, in the comments, but you can pledge, you know, pledge a pledge a tenner, pledge a fiver towards the towards to support the case. It's all done. Um, not, obviously, not pro bono because they're because they're asking for cash. But you know, it, it's done at significantly reduced rates um, by the QCs that all support it. Um, and obviously, there's a there's a, a massive cost to running a a case against the government so yeah it would be interesting to watch it unfold and um we'll put the link in in the comments in fact we'll, we'll put the link to everything we talked about today in the comments anyway but a, an interesting one to to end on so back, back on a more positive note number five um i've just realized we've got two two stories about you jeremy um bid for success are running some sme focused training which um which you're supporting. So I thought it was quite an interesting one to support on because there's a lot of yeah. general how to fill out a PQQ type stuff aimed at real small SMEs that like goes on, completely goes under the radar that, um, you know, chambers of commerce do and professional bodies do, um, you know, sector specific and procurement officers come out of a job and for a few years go and just tell people how to fill out PQQs. But this one sounds a bit more in depth and different and actually is going to, positively impact on some small medium-sized businesses yeah so uh, bid for success is a fairly new business that came out of a, a buyout or a, a decoupling of a previous consultancy i think um, and the, the the tenuous link is it's, it's owned by a lady called adrian who's american uh, and really quite an interesting and experienced character in our game um, and a guy called gareth morgan who i went to school with and that was the link uh, so Gareth's parents still live you know, a mile down the road from me in the next village um, and he lives up north now and it was kind of this chance passing um, bit of a chat you know a bit of a bit of a catch up with me and Gareth and he, he said that they were doing this course for SMEs and uh, you know wouldn't it be great I think I'd, I think I'd just won the um, vendor of the year thing with the APMP and they, they th I think they thought it'd probably help their marketing a bit uh, sort of leveraging my brand, I guess. Um, but so they've got me doing a, a module on capture light for SMEs, I guess. And they've got another lady whose name escapes me. I think it's a Lindsay, uh, who's a graphics expert, who's going to be talking about that sort of element. But it, what's quite nice is that it's a coaching program model, which is similar to what I've been doing in terms of that modular week, send them away with some homework. Um, but this one's actually like a proper, you see, like my wife's been involved in a few of these now, um, where it has a Facebook group. Um, there's much more sort of online interaction mm -hmm. and learning as a group, uh, even though it's different business owners. So this is S proper SMEs where it's actually the business owner or, you know, some, it's really smart. <laughs> Not, it's not you mean micro and small SMEs, right? I do, yes, I do, rather than the ones that are, you know, a hundred or hundred and fifty, two hundred people. Yeah. Um, you know, the one these are definitely organizations who don't have a bid manager, uh, bid writer. They 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 may use a consultant like bid for success at, at times. So it's it's got so I what I like about these types of programs is that it builds momentum that makes it sticky. Uh, for the for the users for the for the learners and has a real tangible outcome for you for them because uh, they can any old person can flog them a video that they can 
keep for a month or a week or whatever it is or um you know put them on a course in a classroom somewhere but humans forget uh what they've learned within about a month or they only retain about 10 percent of it or three things and it probably isn't the three things that they need so um giving at any given time so the ability to make it sticky really get that adoption going and build a bit of a community spirit in that cohort of learners uh, using some of that tech as, a, as an underlying thing is is uh, quite an interesting model. So I wanted to be part of it anyway. And I just wanted to support Gareth and Adrian in starting their new business because they're, they're nice people doing good stuff with their, their clients. We like nice people doing good stuff. Yeah, and I might be able to upsell people to come onto my course afterwards, but that's another story. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Boom, there you go. If you haven't seen him for 12 minutes, there's Jeremy the salesman again. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so that that reaches the end of our our, our news round um, news roundup. If we've missed an article or something that happened that you think we should have talked about in August, you should tell us uh, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or uh, can you comment on? Yeah, you comment on YouTube, can't you? On comments on the YouTube because it'd be interesting to see um, what kind of people think. August is a quiet month. I think we'll see as we come up towards. Um, back end of the year and people are starting to now rebuild their marketing funnel uh, we'll see more more news and more things being launched I'm sure um, but yeah we, we we scoured the internet especially for you and you can get all the links to those different things in the in the comments or in the in the show notes so you can uh, read up on your will donate to the good uh, good law fund and uh, check out Jeremy's training again <laughs> so jeremy we now have a sponsor slot on the podcast but we don't have a sponsor because we're still negotiating so um we have decided that we are going to offer some limited opportunities for sponsorship because we want to grow the podcast and um there's obviously a lot we could do with our, with our own money as we do at the moment, but the opportunity to grow is definitely there and reach more people. And even today, actually, I was really pleased. I had a call with someone who said, oh, by the way, I've been getting my team to listen to the Red Review because actually it's just a different way for them to learn about bidding or think about bidding than just us sending them, uh, just, just what you just said, just send them on another course, and I won't say the course provider, another course, and ending up with a certificate and actually not changing the way they think about bidding because they're not really thinking about it. It's something they need to improve on. They're just applying a process. So um, we want to reach more people. So there will, there will be sponsors in the future. But Jez, as we haven't got a sponsor, is there anything you would like to plug as a as a uh, free sponsorship slot? Well, I think we should first, you know, say sponsors are welcome. Um, you know, we, we, it would be interesting. What, what are we going to do with sponsors when we get them on? Have a conversation about their their stuff, or is it just we're going to we're going to plug their thing? I think it depends on on what we need to do. Is is, is the honest answer? So we've never we've never done it before. So this is going to be really interesting for us. I think is finding the next step. We we've we've been battling YouTube. I think we're now on on the on the YouTube, um, which is weird to say. Um, last time I looked, we had zero view zero watches. But then we haven't actually put it out on any socials, so it wasn't not surprising. Um, but we're, we're videoing this. I've even got my—is um, it TikTok where they have the, the funny coloured lights behind them? I—I I, I made Alexa make the the bedroom light 
lavender so i had a nice cube behind me while i was uh, filming um i don't know but look times are changing we want to make this this podcast take this podcast the next level i think as we come come out of lockdown and i'm sure there'll be another one but if we as we move forward in the industry we, we want to do we want to get back on the on the wagon of of events and other things and i think the podcast is a great anchor for that so no sponsor this week, but would, but for your forewarned now, there may well be sponsored or powered by episodes in future. And as Jeremy has already plugged his training, we won't let him do another plug for. So. No, no. That's, that's, <laughs> set some other people on to plug this. I feel like I should have something to plug. Um, I haven't got anything, so um, I'll just plug your stuff instead. You got your blog posts and things. I haven't blogged in. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't blogged in months. I think I think blogging's dead. Ooh. which i won't tell my friends at passel who provide me the free blogging platform but um i don't know it was it was big wasn't it, it I mean, long form blogging was big kind of five ten years ago and then and then there was kind of short form digestible content and there was that um the google hero hub hygiene marketing model that, that we followed and a lot of people followed in pics where you know your hero content which is like i don't know your annual conference for your, your user conference your heart your hygiene which is doing press releases and having a website that works and having a twitter that runs and then your hub which was the uh thought leadership style content that you were putting out on a regular basis that was usable so it's not not these boring white papers that no one ever reads but kind of timely thought le- thought leadership or knowledge driven content but i don't know i kind of lost i lost traction with it and actually the more platforms have required you to kind of post uniquely onto their website like linkedin four years ago my linkedin my password post my podcast uh, my blogs put them on linkedin get loads of comments and feedback and and i was you know getting thousands of views a month on the page now like i post something and i think linkedin hides it because it's an external link you know, no. people try things like rather than putting the link in the post, you put it in the comments and those types of things. They just make it hard. So unless you're unless you're actively having to generate lots of content for the purposes of, um, you know, building a business like you are, I guess, and like some of our our friends are, I, I don't know, I've, I've kind of lost favour with it. I think I, I'm enjoying podcasting. Mm. And I think videocast is the next the next frontier, which is why we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the bit on the business front, I I do these short sort of twelve minute webinar things when I launch something, uh, which a lot of people think is some sort of masterful campaign, but it's normally that I've had to do something for a client or to pitch for something and think, oh, I could reuse that or whatever it is. So you know, I, I do a combination of having a video, a page with a video in it, but that's got some content or some free stuff, uh, like the hundred day plan thing that I did. I guess uh, that was all done in half a day I would think from coming up with the idea to just just JFDI mostly because I was absolutely panicking about not having a business anymore <laughs> at that point in March um, but, I, feel, I feel like the podcast is like it's like it's almost a doc it's almost like a fly on the wall documentary of you setting up your business like people who've been in business for years now will be like bloody hell what's he moaning about of course you're running you're you're a you're a micro SME business with with a owner owner employee running the business doing the job. Of course you're gonna have quiet points. Chill out. and there's a pandemic. Chill out, mate. But yeah. I know I know I know for you it was a 
it was a um was a worrying a worrying period but i'm glad you're you're fully booked up till christmas and and busy now with with clients banging on your door right yes yeah it's been, it's been, but it must be some sort of barometer of wider business but yeah it's it's really um it's really opened up it's yeah, great yeah. it's fantastic to see good cool so sponsorship slot here in future maybe we'll have a jingle maybe we should we should make a jingle sponsored on the red review i don't know <laughs> there was a thing wasn't there I and mean, again this is going back to my days running marketing team when there was a kind of a trend that everyone said audio was going to be the future and you'd have like an audio signature and there were companies who were selling audio signatures to brands just because like mcdonald's did it and everyone now is thinking of the mcdonald's audio signature in their head or intel when you see the adverts for intel but yeah maybe we need a red review audio signature probably yeah probably <laughs> right. anyway look that's the end of the video um for today we're going to do a little outro now it'll be on the podcast only um but thanks for joining us today um i think on youtube eventually if not on this one in the future something will appear here or here or recommend you for previous things when i when i read the first videos it was telling me i should recommend stuff to watch but as we didn't have anything else on, on youtube i'd be recommending i don't know the 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 fitness entrepreneur in america that i watch religiously weirdly um or perhaps the cooking program the vegan cooking program i'm currently watching so they may appear here or previous episode of the red view may appear who knows but anyway on the screen now click something and you'll get some more great content from jeremy and i i hope thank you very much catch you next time So Jeremy, we reached the end of another podcast. We've made it. Yeah, we've made it. I'm not sure what I feel. I'm not sure how how I feel about the kind of mixed medium because we're talking about stuff that we can see and the podcasters can't. But maybe that's maybe maybe that's because more people need to now listen to watch us on YouTube. So I'll get double the pleasure. You only get the intro and outro on the podcast, and um, and you get to see me, Jeremy, and Dash the dog who is now fast asleep behind us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chewing the blanket behind you or whatever he was doing. <laughs> came back in again when we were chatting and started headbutting pillows <laughs> what do you want some attention so what have you got planned for the next uh, couple of weeks anything interesting uh yeah hard work so mo i've just finished mobilizing one client um that i'm doing a whole transformation piece for i guess or a hundred day plan basically for three different business units so once that's up and singing that that will um wind back a little bit and then uh week after next i mobilize my second or my my big anchor client for the rest of the year um that's a market entry strategy piece of work that's really really exciting so um yeah, that starts on the 14th so i'm just it's been quite nice actually to have a little bit of a lull over this bank holiday and then yeah as of today really both of them are sort of going to ramp up sequentially Cool. Properly back into work, I guess. How, how about you? Uh, back on the day job, uh, a few big bids going on. One one that we were hoping we'd be doing a fair bit of capture for. We got a three-way JV for that we thought was going to come out. Well, we we said October. Our partners were more optimistic, so it's coming out September. So we've had like kind of pre-bid ramp up where we've done some workshops, and actually we're doing a 
all-day face-to-face workshop next Thursday in Birmingham. Um, but intel this morning is it's gone back to the new year. So uh, pre- pressure um, unbubbles. And I'm actually, and, and I, I don't mind talking about this on the podcast because um, I, I don't mind talking about it in, in outside of work, is uh, I've got a bit at the moment where ethically I'm, I'm toying with do I ask to be excused from supporting it um I wouldn't say what it is or where it is or anything else but just I don't think the client aligns with my view of the world uh my ethics and I'm not sure if I want to be bidding to them and it's a challenge right because I'm not working for them I'm working for Mace and we could go do some amazing things for them and do something that will will do will save them money and 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 have knock on positive benefits but the product they deliver um or the service they deliver i'm not sure i want to be in their supply chain of and so do i not support the bid which is a you know strategic well, it's a gold bid in mace but it, it it's of a level at which if it was a bit bigger it'd be a strategic it'd be a few more criteria it'd be strategic but yeah it's, it's big it's going to give lots of people employment It'll be a big step up. The client wants the stuff we do, wants it different, is fed up with their supply chain doing the same things again and again and again. But yeah, I'm I'm ethically tied. So I think that's going to be an interesting one over the next few weeks as to where I go with that. Um, I, guess, I guess I'm in a lucky position that I can make those type of, just those type of choices. Yeah, it, it is a tricky one. I I, I had a, a bid for an animal testing facility once. Yeah. Uh, which was a real challenge with the team. And I had team members who worked for me asked not to work on it and they didn't. Um, and then hopefully we didn't win it. So no one had to worry about it anyway. Uh, so the client, yeah. fucking awful. But anyway. Uh, UK public sector client doing animal testing? Did I what, sorry? Was it UK public sector client? Yeah, maybe. Maybe one that's been in the news quite a lot uh, recently. Um, but actually, yeah, they won't be around much longer. But, um, <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. And then um, yeah, I did have a client. There's there's still a planning application in, I think, for a huge tower in in central London, you know, as tall as the Shard kind of stuff. Uh, but the geezer who owns the firm that would be funding it is the guy who owns the biggest palm oil company in the world. Um, and I managed to talk the board out of bidding it actually, um, mostly on a PR play um, or you know, not their sort of business they want to work with sort of play at the time. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really up for that sort of the sort of geezer who's all right with roasting orangutans in jungles and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's tricky. You get one every now and again. It's, it's tricky. It's, 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 yeah, it's a privilege to be in the position where you can ask not. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I It's something I'll toy with for the next week. I'm trying to, to my uh my boss um next week and i'll have a, a chat with him about it but uh at the moment not not massively not massively keen and there's so much more that i could be busy with and it's um yeah it's not gonna change it's not a project that's going to change the world so uh i might steer clear of that one i might i might go on holiday as i as i haven't had a holiday yet <laughs> had the bank holiday but not a real holiday but no it's good and yeah apart from that back in the back in the dock swimming again I went this morning I, I had the joy this morning 
of being the first one in the dock. So I think we talked about before I used to go swimming in in a, in a dock in in London, um, and I tend I got I, for some reason I left a bit earlier, so I was at the front of the queue, and I and I was was the first one to get in, and it was like kind of jumping into glass. It was so smooth and just swimming, and like the water in front of me was complete. You know, it was a four. It was this loop this morning, four hundred meter loop this morning, was just flat. It was just absolutely amazing. The perfect temperature as well. It wasn't hot. Wasn't cold. Yeah, just loving being back in the water because I've I've not been, I couldn't go when uh, during this bid because I was I was busy and and we decided to work not from home and go somewhere else, which was going to be a great idea because there was sea swimming and the Lido, and then there was a storm, so the Lido filled up with seawater so they had to close it, and then obviously with the swimming with the storm the the sea was um, out of bounds because I think I would have died. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice to be back swimming again, which is good. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering before we go, what what have we got on next time round? Next time round is the debate, isn't it? So we're going to have a a debate on a on on a on a topic, uh, and you and I are going to be chatting about um, what what constitutes the perfect case study. So we we did see these a while ago, and we had some really good feedback. You know, often some of the kind of real, not basic, but the real kind of fundamental stuff people actually really toy with and, and cv still i i don't think i've got it right so i think it'd be really interesting i'll chat about what makes the perfect case study thanks all right i look forward to that cool well jez lovely to see you and hear from you um thanks for joining us listeners i hope you've enjoyed the episode our new format the roundup and um we'll see you next time thank you see you next time bye, bye.